Ephesians, the third chapter. Amen. Please stand with me to read the word of the Lord. You want to consecrate it. Amen. Ephesians 3, verse 14 and 20 through 21. This is a big scripture, and we're not going to deal with all of it, but I, I think the Lord had for me to share it with you today. This uh, part of the scripture is recited often by many. But we would hold it dear, we would never live a life of doubt ever again. Amen. It says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in our inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's people yes. to grasp how wide, how and long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Not to him who was able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Yes, yes. To him be glory. To him be glory. Yes. Father God, take these words, dear Lord, that we read today. Let them pierce darkness. Give us understanding of what you have for us to receive today, dear Lord. Moved by your grace and your power and your splendor, Father. Bless those now, these who stand before me, Father. Anoint them with your love. Anoint them with your power. Anoint them with your spirit. Raise me up to be the man of God you called me to be. So I only say those things you've given me to say with authority, with power, and clarity. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said, amen. amen, amen. You may rest in the presence of the Most High God. Amen, 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 amen. I'm just, man, it's been a, it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge to get to church today. It was a challenge I was not feeling the best today. I just woke up not feeling good. You ever been that way? Ain't no reason why I didn't feel good. I just didn't feel good. I wasn't feeling my best. But you know what? There's something about giving God his glory. There's something about putting aside how we feel because our feelings don't really matter. We've been instructed to worship the Lord. We've been instructed to seek after him. And I just want to be obedient. Because in, in the obedience is where the glory is revealed. It's in the obedience where you put aside how you feel. Who cares how you feel? <laughs> you know, it's all about serving God. I, I like joy, yes. I like splendor, yes. But I want to be under his covering. I because I know in, in, in his care, I ain't going to lose. In his care, you are not going to lose. 
So we get past our feelings. And we serve the Lord. Because we want to make sure we get to his glory. His glory. Some good news. Some good news. Put this in context. Today, the good news of the kingdom. We're talking about life on mission the last this mass, this last August, we've been doing the life on mission. We're going to continue that through September. Life on mission. And so, what does that mean? It's about meaning your life has to have a purpose. Your life should be on a mission for establishing and expanding God's kingdom. That's your life's mission. Your life's mission should be really building up and preparing for you to be in the presence of God. Your life mission should, but it doesn't mean that you don't, you know, you don't experience the glory of God here on earth. But your mission, you're missional in your approach to things that you do. The conversations you have have relevance because you're a vessel of God. So what you have to say is important. It should have a purpose. You should have some intentionality with what you say in your conversation with whom you have it with. We should be sharing the, the good news. In the old times, the king, when they go off to war, they would go out to war, and when they were victorious, when his army was victorious, he would send a messenger back into the kingdom and tell them the good news. See, they came back and said, we have good news, the good news. Well, see, the good news was we won. And it brought a little peace into the people because they were worried about, will our fathers, our dads come back home? Will we be, become slaves to the enemy? When they came back, they said, these are the good news. The message became the good news. So even today, we pronounce the good news. Yes. See, our, our king has already won and been victorious already. And so we come back and we share the good news to the people that you will never be slaves to the enemy. You'll never be stuck in a way that you can't get released. The chains of the enemy will not approach you because the good news is we won. He's the king of glory who deserves his glory. His glory is the good news. So we've been going through this circle. We've been going through this circle. We've been this circle. We're going to go through the circle all month. You're going to be circled out. God's design, brokenness, and gospel. God's design is the sin comes and separates us from where we were originally created to be. And then we go through brokenness, which we already talked about. Brokenness, those three wiggly lines, those four wiggly lines are the things we do to, to compensate for how when we enter into brokenness. The sin that we enter into, the, the things that we try to do, though, the drinking, the glut, glut, gluttony. I have to just mix that up. Gluttony. <laughs> Whatever it is that you do, I don't know what it is that you do. I don't know if it's watching the movies too long. Power comes out today. Who's going to watch Power today? We're going to watch Power. You gotta get the channel. Yeah. Yeah, it's all stars. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> bless you. And you go through that brokenness. You watch too much of power. You watch, you know, five seasons of power. You get prepared. You watch five seasons of power to get prepared for that one show on that particular day. <laughs> Twenty-four hours of catching up to watch one hour. You know, bless you, bless you. And then we get to a place where we repent and we believe that we can change and come back to the good news, which is the gospel. That's the gospel. And so our goal is to share in these conversations this, 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 this map 
to getting back to recovering back to who we originally were, God's design and God's design. This past week, I told earlier, talked earlier about the fact that I got called out the blue and invited to put together a segment on CNN to talk about Donald Trump and how evangelicals feel about him. You know, most black people don't know that we, most of us are evangelical because, because the white community kind of captures that term. But an evangelical is one who has really like just has staunch beliefs on followers of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Evangelical. And they evangelize and they share of the story of the goodness of God. So in essence, we are all kind of evangelical in this room if you're sharing the gospel. And so we got there and we had the conversation and I put together this panel and they added a couple people that I didn't know and one person got added that I wish they would have never added, but they added him anyway. He goes. I had to find Jesus several times. And, uh, you know, I just... But God, it was just like a but God moment, you know. I was like, oh, but God, but but God, but God. And so, I say it to say that even in the midst of the controversy, talking about something that's polar, polarizing, the topic of our president, there was still a sense of always understanding that God had to get the glory. In the midst of our disunity and our conversations and our beliefs and our you know, how we were ruining scripture to justify our actions and our thoughts and our support for whomever. And there was still a sense of understanding that at the end of the day, God needs to get the glory. At the end of the day, I can't take him back to the neighborhood in L.A. and drop him off for the fellows to teach him a lesson. I can't do it. <laughs> Not in Jesus' name. Not in Jesus' name, no. I thought the boy needed to go home. No. But anyway, so, but, but God came. And he got, got the glory. So today we got, I got an email, we got, the church got an email today that someone wanted to come and help us out. I wanted to volunteer with the church. And they were the Haitians for Trump. Wow. And I'm like, whoa. whoa. I'm praying about that one. I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray. But in a sense, if that is true, the sense of it is, was I wasn't a supporter of Trump, mm -hmm. but they wanted to come, you know. So it, in the midst of it all, afterwards, some people came to me and said, man, I've got to come visit your church. Thank you, God. The staunchest ones to the far right were like, look, I need to come visit your church. Huh? Yeah. They wanted to connect because yeah. they still got to see the glory. Thank you you always got to show the glory. We always have to shrink so that because when we know that we already know that our king has already won, then it don't matter what opposition you come into, you've already won. Amen. I was out number eight to one. And they put me in the middle. And then dropped the first question was, who supports Mr. Trump? And they four hands. Who 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 hasn't decided? Four hands. They went to me. And who supports, who does not support Mr. Trump? By myself. <laughs> it was a setup question. Yes, but to God be the glory. The good news, share with you about four or five things, so the good news, we can finish this today. Jesus is different from any other kind of king. He's a different kind of king. He's a different kind of king. James 4 and 10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, 
and he will lift you up, brothers and sisters. Do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but being, but sitting in judgment on it. There is one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Who are you to judge your neighbor? We serve a different kind of king. We serve a king that he is the only one that sits in the position of judgment. You know, you don't, it doesn't matter what your neighbor is going through or what they've done. It doesn't even matter. To you, it doesn't really shouldn't matter to you because you ain't the judge. Who are we to look at somebody and say they have a fault and then base ourselves on letting them live their life without even coming connected to them? You should always connect with the person next to you. You should always share some love with the person next to you. Your love that you're showing may be a conversation and this may be how you greet them in the midst of the trials. It may be the fact that even when you're in the grocery line and you know you're in the grocery line and it says uh, express line on 10 items. I got to pray. I got to pray because when I see 45 items in the 10 items, I'm like, Lord, bless me. Jesus. I just, I, I want to go to, can you read? Can you see the sign? I just, I'm just that's my pet peeve. That's my pet peeve. Rachel tell you. <laughs> Rachel T, Rachel T. One time we went to this Walmart when we first early when we started living over here, and that Walmart close to us is ranked as the most violent Walmart in Charlotte. Y'all didn't know that, did you? Right Wait, there. Where? Oh, Wait, where? Right I'm trying to try. Right here. Oh, yeah. oh. It's the most violent. The most violent. You didn't know that. I did a survey. It's more violent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We go to South Carolina now. <laughs> And, and you didn't think about that because it's right here, but it, it's, it's, it's a hodgepodge of people. They come from the east, they come from the west, they come from the country, probably the mountains, but they all come to that because it's off the highway. It's off the highway. And uh, we were in line, and it was that sign, Express, and it was late at night, and and some folk came, I guess, from I don't, the hills. That's it. And, uh, <laughs> and they were... And then I, I was like, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, and uh, <laughs> and and then they like cut in front of us uh, to say, whoo, Lord, it took all of Jesus and had to I had to go to the cross, and because I'm little, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm he working on me, yeah, yeah, and so. Um, and, and he got in front of me, and he said something disrespectful. Okay. And when he said it, you can see the racial like, oh Lord. <laughs> Because <laughs> she knew what was next. She knew what was next. Because as a black man in America, you don't, it only happened to you once or twice. Okay. Yeah, right. I mean, because we don't even know how to react. Because we only got one reaction. They only taught us one way to respond to that. There's only one way to respond to that. That's right. 
I'm a little hot thinking about it. Because they only teach you one way to respond, right? You only get one way to respond to if somebody says those words to you. You only been taught one way. But I, I can't go to jail, so um, yeah, I have to show God's glory. But it was a good test to me because I, it allowed me to be able to be that God-like person in the midst of difficulty. So my witness was to the cashier, and the witness was to my wife. Because if I would have been who I've been trained to be just growing up in America, okay. it would have been, we may be having this conversation here today. That's right. But see, we serve a different kind of king. We don't have, we're not in the position to judge our neighbor. We're in the position to love on our neighbor. And I hope the restraint that I show to them, if they thought about it later, was a witness of God's love. Let me tell you, it took a whole lot of Jesus. Okay. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> the good news. Jesus is on the throne. Matthew 16, 18 and 19 says this. And I tell you that you are, Pe are Peter, and on this rock I build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus is still on the throne. Yes, he is. We don't have anything to worry about. We are victorious understanding that the gates of Hades, he controls everything that the king that we serve. There's more than victorious. He's still on the throne. It gives us the opportunity. I, my prayer is I come boldly but humbly before the throne of grace. Because see, but, but, see, we can come before him knowing that whatever we present to the king, he hears. But I'm going to be humble at the same time. But I'm going to go boldly because I don't have to worry about the high priest going behind the gates for me to... The veil for me. I can go right to the Lord and Savior Jesus. He sits on the throne. I love the fact that whatever we, we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever, you know, will be loosened right now is loosened in heaven. But you know, it also prays, our prayer, he taught us is to, as it is in heaven, it shall be. So whatever's loose right here is uh, heaven here is, is loose here, loose there. We've already won. The gates of Hades will not overcome This church. Any church, we are the church people. We're the church. Satan cannot overcome our king. It's our king. He's on the throne. Let's go to battle for our king. You know, it's one thing when you play sports or whatever you do, or even at work, when you know the outcome before you get started. Like, you know, we're going to wear them out today. <laughs> you come in, walking in, knowing you won. You know, it's a different kind of walk you have. You know, you like a little swag. Your swag a little different. You know, you got a little different kind of swag. You know, you got, yeah, yeah. What, 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 what is it going to be? What is it going to be? <laughs> oh, yeah, we at work today. I'm going to make them sales today. What? You know, when your lead's a little hot. Oh, I'm not cold calling. I know this person. Hey, you know. It's a different kind of swag, right? You know? Uh, you know, that swag. That little that 70s swag, you know. Like, that's what that swag was a little, you know. 
<laughs> you know, you used to have them shoes on with the fish in the in the bottom of them. Oh, yeah. You know, I had yeah, yeah, you, you, you know what I'm talking about? The platforms, right? Oh, yeah, yeah you, you had them, huh? No, I, I had south. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you had south. You had south platforms. Yeah, I didn't have a fish. <laughs> you had a fish. We had a little solid platform. Uh huh. Don't tell everybody. <laughs> so when we approach life with the understanding that your swag should be not necessarily outwardly so people can see, but you should live life understanding that you won. So when situations come before you, you can walk with more a positive thought that the outcome is already victor victory. See, this is what our kingdom is. Other good news I share with you. The kingdom is all about Jesus. Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 4 reads, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets in many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his glory, by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. The kingdom is all about Jesus. He now, his name is higher than the angels, see? Sits at the right hand. The king that we serve is, he's down. He is connected. You've been with somebody who's connected. When I find out, when they called me from CNN, I got to realize, I talked about this Sunday before this, or maybe, that I'm still, I was connected. Yeah. Someone gave me their name, and it's not that I've done anything for them to call me in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm new to Charlotte, but they call me in Charlotte because I still remain connected. When you connect it to power, it doesn't really go away. Somebody will always tend to tap into it in that sense. You're connected to power. You're connected to the most powerful source the world has ever known. So you may be surprised when you get that call for that new job or that new career or that new home or that new situation or, that, or your child got there. You may, don't get surprised anymore. You're connected. When it starts to overflow and you wonder how this happened, don't, don't doubt it because you're, you're connected. Now, if we were to live our life understanding that we're connected, how much further could we be? If you walk with the confidence that you serve a God and this kingdom is all about Jesus, you've already submitted to Jesus, he's already on your side, he's already defeated Hades, he's already sitting on the right hand, he's already higher than the angels. If you know, he said, if you ask anything in my name, in the name of Jesus, if you, we really understood what that really means, the depth of that, what that really means. I, we, will, we will never have to ask a question again. You're connected. See, I, I keep saying this. I, I worked for the highest office, person had the highest office, and when I went to that black church pack, and I, I, sometimes I forget that I'm connected. I, that when they when they talked to CNN, the first thing they said when they saw the interview, they said one worked for Clinton. That that will always be a connection. That is a power source. Mm -hmm. And we're in politics forever. And I and many of my friends have it. I just regard it because I'm not in that realm anymore. But in a sense, once you've been made, you've been made. 
You've been made. You will always be powerful or connected to the power source, the most powerful source ever known to mankind. They will always call on you. You will get called upon not even knowing why you're being blessed. You're being blessed because you are a blessing to somebody. Because you're connected. Your presence is a blessing to somebody. <laughs> but he needs to get the glory. Because it's not about us. It's all about him. Ephesians, we go back to this. 3 and 20 says, Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is in work within us, to him be glory. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever. And to him be the glory. To him be resident. To him is all about what you do for Christ that will last. Nothing else will even matter. My so-called connection is irrelevant in the in the grand scheme of things we think about who God is. That's true. Your so-called connection to your family, your family has generation upon generation. You can walk in somewhere because just say your family's name and have a connection. But let me tell you, that is nothing compared to when God put his hands upon you. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yes. And his hand is upon each and every one of us who submits ourselves to him and his will. Yes. His hand is upon each and every one of us who, who says, God, forgive me for I have sinned. And, and become repent and restore back into who you were originally designed to be. Yes, yes. A reflection of God made in his spiritual image of who he is. You are already said to be a co-heir with Christ, which means you will sit at the right hand of God right next to Jesus. You you have that right now. You yes. are that bad yes. of a mama jamma. Yes. I used to say that back in the day. Before a long time ago, way back. Amen. Amen. Give me some. <laughs> well, I pulled it back from the days when you used to wear the platform shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know what it is, but I actually can see you wearing a red suit and platform shoes. No, it wasn't that color. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh. It's not a good look, though, brother, whatever color it was. It was brown. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Man, my father had on the same, he had on the same, he had on the same everything. Yeah. The same color. Okay, okay. Matching. Ooh. That was back in 67. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I, I just wanted to let you know, brother. I was like seven years old. Uh, too much testimony, brother. Too much. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, sometimes they say you got to tell testimony to help somebody else. <laughs> That's too much testimony. Him. That's way too much word, man. That's way too much information for all of us right now. That's TMI, brother. That's TMI. That's TMI. But one thing we do know, back to what we're talking about, using that as an example.
God looks past our faults. He looks past our shortcomings, our weaknesses, and our frailties. And he's established this relationship with us that lasts for eternity. It says here in the scripture, Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Which means the, the height and the depth and the width and how long his love is for us is unimaginable. Because it's, it's immeasurable how much he wants to bless us. How deep and wide his love is for us. How much he cares for us to He's such a different kind of king. He's a king that came in and said, the good news is I've already won. And I grabbed the keys of Hades. The good news is that the one who I cast down is below me. The good news is he's below you too. The good news is that my son Jesus sits higher than the angels. And that yeah. Lucifer is a fallen angel. And he, he has no power, no authority that I cannot, that I have given him. He, he, he I'm controlling control. He's a different kind of king. He's a different kind of king because then he establishes an order where he empowers us with the touch of his power. Yes, yes. He gives us the authority that he has in the name of Jesus. And so when Lucifer comes on the warpath, he's already established victory for us by just saying, in the name of Jesus, I have authority over you. Devil, get thee behind me and I damn you to the depths of hell and you cannot hurt my family, yes, my, yes. my friends, my yes. neighbors, my, myself. You are weak and I, I, I take authority over you. Be the king in your life and serve the king of kings. Stand to your feet, please. Be the queen and the king of your life. Be the royalty that you are. The, the battle's already been fought and the messengers already came back and the good news is it's Jesus a different kind of king live a life on mission live a life understanding that I can now go through life understanding that I will not lose you may fall you may even go into a valley sometimes you can't always live up on a high on a mountaintop because the, the air is thinner there. You have to come down a little bit sometime. But there's also one thing you know for certain is how many trees do you see at the top of a mountain? How many grapes do you grab and eat at the top of a mountain? How many apples can you pull down from the top of a mountain? None. Because growth happens in the valley. Growth happens in your times of weakness and despair. Yes, yes. Growth happens, flourishes in the valley where the water runs and flourishes the seeds. So even when you think you're going some difficult times, God is formulating and forming you into woman and man of God he's called you to be. And he needed some abrasive, some difficult times to shape and mold you into the person he wants you to be. And he can't do it at the mountaintop where the air is then where he is. He needs you to come down so he can get some more clay. Come down so he can get some more water. Come down so that his light, his sun can shine upon you in your valley so that you can then bear fruit and come back up. So don't worry about the valleys, your hard times, your difficult times. That's when God is working on you. 
informing you. Because you need to always understand when you fall into these valleys that you're already more than a conqueror, that you're already victorious, that you're just in the midst of battle. But the messengers have already been sent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God has already gotten the glory. In Jesus' name.